Um, so we have one more panel discussion, and we have um, the lovely Miss Carolyn Jackson and Rachel Stouffer with us this evening. Um, this one, I, just a little intro. Um, first of all, the title that we titled this one is, A Proverbs 31 Woman Looks Well to the Place the Lord Has Granted Her to Manage Her Home. Um, so many of the things the Proverbs 31 woman, woman does revolve around her home, like providing food and clothing for her family, um, around how she invests her time in managing their finances, teaching her children, just doing all the many things that need to be done. Um, undergirding in all of this, verse 27 says, she looks well to the way of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Um, and just as a reminder, back in March, we, we described her character as willing, creative, not lazy, resourceful, hardworking, disciplined, eager to serve, thoughtful, diligent, a good steward, discerning, prepared, a provider, joyful, working with excellence and not mediocrity, and a woman with a plan. So there's kind of a, an intro to the topic of, of our, um, kind of where our questions are going to guide us tonight. Um, so let's start with how, how have you struggled with being disciplined and what has helped you be more disciplined? Um, I think sometimes, and it's better now, but sometimes the online thing, if I'd want to look at Facebook, you know, it's like, okay, dishes are done, and I can just kind of rest, and, or else early in the morning, you know, or mid-morning, it's like, oh, I'll take a little break, and I'll just look at Facebook, and then I end up looking too long, or I look at another, another site, you know, Amazon, or just what, you know, online stuff. And then I look at the clock and go, oh my gosh, what have I been doing all this time? So being more aware and being more focused um, as to how much time I might be wasting on that has, has helped me to become more disciplined, I think. Yeah. And realizing it's not that important. Um, I, I am a list maker. Um, I, if I don't write it down, I don't get it done. And so I splurged and I got a fun little leather notebook and I, I write everything down that I want to get done. And there's huge satisfaction in checking it off. I, like, I love, and I love to write something down. Like sometimes I write it down when I know I'm going to do it in two minutes because I, then I like to just cross it off. Um, and so, but, but I don't, I don't handle stress well. I don't handle uh, chaos well. Um, and so, like, as a student, I was always that kid who got it done right away because I d did not do well under pressure. I married somebody who loves pressure and stress. I do not. And so I recognize that in myself. And if I want to do something well, I have to plan for it. And I have to think through it. And I have to give myself time. And so I would think... If you do well under stress, then do it all at the last minute. But for me, I, li I, mean, I like structure. So that's what I have to do. Okay. Well, kind of on the same topic, how do you go about making a plan for each day? I mean, what? the list. Right. Probably, I, yes. But. I'm, a, I'm a huge list maker. And then I started going to BSF um, a couple years ago, or a few years ago now. 
And um, when you're in BSF, you volunteer in the children's ministry. And um, they sing this song all the time in children's ministry. And I'm not going to sing it because they don't sing. But they, they do it on repeat. And it's, good morning, God. This is your day. I am your child. Show me your way. And I got in the habit, after I started going to BSF, of I sing that before I even get out of the bed. I, I, that's my, like, before my heat, feet hit the floor, I sing that in my head just to help, kind of help remind me, like, this is your day. And so I have a list and I have a plan, but it's your day. And so just that I would be mindful of who's actually sovereign over the day. Are you looking at me to answer that? I mean, if you'd like to, don't feel like you. I have to say, <laughs> on this question, last night my daughter Lindsay and I went out to dinner. And I told her that we were having this event tonight. And I said, Lindsay, I was looking over the, the questions. And one of them was, how do you go about making a plan for each day? Kid you not. She looked at me. Her eyes got kind of wide. And she burst out laughing. <laughs> she knows me well. <laughs> I don't, I, I do like making lists too. And I get, sometimes I will do that, but other times I don't. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're empty nesters now. Our life is a lot more laid back than it used to be. And, um, and so sometimes there's not a plan to be perfectly honest. And, but other times, I, I have things, I have a list at home, and I still have some scratching off to do of it, but sometimes I just decide to be flexible. So, and, you know, if I have something I have to do, it, I will do it. Right. But I'm not the best at planning, <laughs> being honest. We appreciate that. Um, all right, so how... How do you make a connection to your relationship with God in mundane things like laundry and dishes and just house cleaning, things like that? Okay, well, I, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing I clearly have a thing for little rhymy things. But um, <laughs> as, a, as a wedding gift, um, we had this little framed print, and I don't remember the whole of it, but the beginning of it is, thank God for dirty dishes, for they have a tale to tell while others maybe go hungry. My family's doing well or something to that extent and that has stuck with me all these years um, that even in the mundane and in the gross and in the dirty and in the stuff that comes just care with taking care of my family and my kids that I need to seek out the blessing in those things that yeah the kitchen is a mess but you know what I fed my family and or you know my son just poured a jug of syrup on the dog, but, which did happen in my life, but, um, but, you know, he, the dog's okay, the dog's happy, and, and, but I, you know what, I have a kitchen, and I had syrup in my pantry, I mean, I, like, I, that doesn't come naturally to me, but that little poem, I don't know, that stuck with me a long time, like, I need to find things to be thankful for, even in the stuff that makes me really not happy. <laughs> Years ago, kind of along that same line, Rach, um, I got a magazine from church, and maybe it was for mothers of preschoolers or something like that, but it had a poem in it, and I'm sure I've kept it. It's not on my fridge anymore. But, um, actually, it was on a bulletin board in my old kitchen in our other house. And I would read that poem every now and then, 
as a reminder because it would talk about little kids in messes and how to be so grateful for those messes because they were made by the little kids that live in my house. And it, it, and it, and it put things in perspective. You know, yeah, kids are gonna make messes. And in fact, I think it was called Thank You for This Mess. Because um, I do like things to be orderly, but I'd much rather have my kids, you know? And, and, I, and in fact, I remember Jonathan one time when he was little saying, I, I don't know if I'd been in a bad mood or what, but he said, Mommy, read that poem again. <laughs> <laughs> and I would read it and it's like, yeah, yeah. So, did that answer the question? Yeah. Oh, the mundane things. Yeah. It just makes me realize how grateful, I don't mind the mundane things because I am grateful that now it's it's for for my husband you know he's the one home and our daughter is with us presently mm -hmm. and so even if I do some of her stuff I and mean, she doesn't ask me to do her laundry but if I do ooh, boy that made a difference if I do I'm thankful to do it it's it's okay and I have a washing machine that works and I'm so grateful for that. It could be a washboard. I'd much rather go for the washing machine instead. So I think it's just the things of being grateful for the, the, the conveniences that we have and for those for whom we are doing this work. But that doesn't mean I'm thankful all the time. Like, right. I, don't want, I, like I don't want anybody to be yeah, confused. Like, <laughs> Sometimes you don't like the syrup on your No. <laughs> we have to be reminded. Yeah. That's helpful. So we have to be intentional. Yes, kind of we there. do. We have to think through it. Yeah, yes. that's helpful. Um, let's see. Um, how do you keep up with your house cleaning so it doesn't pile up? And kind of to tag on that, what's one of you know your best tips for house cleaning while we're at it? Well, when my kids were little, let me preface by saying I grew up in a house. Um, my mom had very high expectations. Like if company was coming over, we cleaned the upstairs bathroom in case some random person wandered upstairs and so um, I had to let go of that when I had kids because because I had to let go of that and so uh, when my kids were little it drove me nuts that I couldn't keep my house clean like my house wasn't clean like I wanted it to be clean all the time um, but when they were little I started making a plan where I clean I did like one thing a day like on Mondays I dusted and that now, and then I at least knew, okay, everything in this house has been dusted on Mondays. And on Tuesdays, I did bathrooms. So I scrubbed toilets, I wiped down sinks. And so I knew that I was at least accomplishing something. Something was clean in my house every day. And, it was, and then when they got older, then I could combine it together and I had actually had um, more things clean at one time. But I had to get, let some of that go when my kids were little. And at least it gave me satisfaction in knowing, okay, if nothing else, my toilets are clean today. And then if, if nothing else, my floors have been swept today. Um, my, my, one of my favorite tips for house cleaning is buy those, those disposable Clorox toilet scrubbers. Yeah. Best thing ever. Cause, and you can use it on more than one toilet. Put a, put a baggie in your cleaning stuff so that after you've cleaned one toilet, you can stick it in a baggie and then carry it to the next toilet without it dripping bleach all over your carpet, which I've done that too. But, um, <laughs> um, but they're awesome. And then you don't have a nasty brush by your toilet and you pop it off without having touching it and you throw it away. When I discovered those, I, I love those things. And you're, I don't know. I That's like right bleach. right up my alley. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Um, one thing that I like to do is make sure that my kitchen is cleaned up, uh, organized before I go to bed at night. I hate, I hate waking up in the morning and walking into a messy kitchen. And there's just something, you know, like if pots and pans are still there. My kids would, would tease me, and they'll still tease me. It used to make me so mad. <laughs> I'd put something in the crock pot. There would be this much left over, and maybe I had to go somewhere. So they'd clean up and do the dishes. They put the whole crock pot in the fridge. <laughs> there's this much food in the crock pot. You know? <laughs> it's like you guys, because they didn't want to wash the crock pot. That's what it was. So guess who ended up washing the crock pot? So, yeah, we laugh about that now. Um, but that's one thing, is, is, I, is I really like my kitchen to be organized and dishes to be put away. Um, d- dishwasher doesn't have to be emptied. I just don't want to see dishes, you know, out on the counters in the, when I wake up in the morning. Um, and a tip for house cleaning. Somewhere, some time ago, I learned about a solution, which is so easy, which is like half or a little more than half water in a, in a tall spray bottle, and then a little less than half rubbing alcohol, and a couple of drops of Dawn. And you shake it up, and I keep that under my sink, and that is my go-to cleaner. Smells. It smells like alcohol, so it smells so clean. I love the smell of alcohol and bleach. I know I'm a nurse, (laughs) but that's what I spray on my countertops. That's what I spray in in the kitchen as well. And I have I have one for the bathroom, and I have one bathrooms, and I have one for the kitchen. And you can use it on mirrors. Um, It doesn't work quite as well as like uh, the glass, not the not Windex. I don't like Windex, but the other glass cleaner. I forget what it's called. Anyway. Norwex. It works. Yeah. <laughs> I just got mine. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. But it, it's, it's really a nice cleaner. It, it, my countertops, I have granite countertops. They shine. When I put this on, you know, I'll, I used to wash them and sometimes still will with, with a, a drop of Dawn. And, um, but then, you know, I dry it and it just didn't shine. Spray that stuff on there, wipe it with a paper towel, those babies shine. <laughs> so I love that. That's, that's one of my, my favorite yes. things. Those yeah. are helpful. Yeah. Okay, let's see where we're at. Okay, so let's see. What is one of your best tips just in the kitchen? So whether it be cooking or whatever. You know. um, probably... If you, I don't know what this falls under about tips for the kitchen. I don't know. Go for it. Okay, first of all, plan your meals. Make take whatever day you do grocery shopping. The day before that day, buy a I buy a cheap calendar off Amazon and a monthly calendar, and I do one week at a time. And the day before I go grocery shopping, I plan the meals for the next week to that day, like to that day again, and. Uh, planning my meals helps me stay on a grocery budget, um, and it also helps when it's three o'clock and I, I don't really feel like fixing dinner and I don't want to have to think about it. I've already thought about it. Like I've already thought about what's for dinner that night, so I don't. I, I I have a plan already. When I get up in the morning, if I need to thaw something, and then I don't have to think about what what am I going to fix? What's the side dish for that? I don't know because I've already thought it through, and that. That, that made a huge difference when I started planning my meals. And it takes 
maybe 30 minutes because while I, after I plan my meal for that week, my meals for that week, then I make my shopping list for that week. And so, um, and I, I, t I time it with the sale ads that come out on Tuesday. So like, I don't even plan from Sunday to Sunday. I plan, I plan from Wednesday to Wednesday because the sale ads come out on Tuesday. So um, that would be my tip. And then also if your family eats meat, if you are meat eaters, invest in a, in a deep freeze and buy a side of beef or buy a pig, I mean, depending on the kind of meat that you eat, it, it, if you're meat eaters, you will save money. It, it, will, it will save your family money. The meat will be better and you will save your family money. And so we are, we're red meat eaters. So it, it has, it's been a game changer. Like that, we have better meat and I don't spend as much money on meat because meat at the grocery store is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I average about, when we get a half a cow processed, I average, Mm, anywhere from four to five dollars a pound and that's that's high for hamburger but that's also getting me rib roasts and that's getting me steak and so that's about the average and sometimes it's, at, it's been as low as like 350 so that would be my tip um one thing i mean i had two things i was thinking about oh one a, a tip in the kitchen if in teach your children how to wash dishes and while they are while you are cooking they can be cleaning up the dishes that you have used it is so nice to sit down to dinner and most of the preparation dishes are clean and maybe even put away at that point if not just a little bit of a little bit extra drying but that is it, it, that just is a game changer as well you know it's because you know how it is when you get it from the table and you have all these pots and pans that are just sitting there and it's like ugh, now I gotta clean those make the kids do it um, that's one and then another and this is a very simple thing but um, I don't know I came across it or, or have just have been doing it for a long time. Actually, two things I'll think about. One, one is when you're preparing like vegetables and you're chopping and then you have, or you've got fruit and you've got a core and you've got to throw away, instead of having all the, the pieces that you're not going to use, you know, skins or, or whatever, and you have things throw away and you walk over to the trash and throw it in, then you go and chop some more, get a little bag like a, like a, a bag that produce that you put your produce in when you go to the grocery store, just save that bag, put it on your counter or, or your island, whatever, wherever you're, you're, uh, wherever you're preparing, and just put your trash right in that. Fill that thing up. When you're all done with your chopping or whatever, you're preparing whatever you gotta do, all you have to do is pick that up, then put it in the trash. And saves just lots of steps back and forth. Um, and it keeps your work area clean, cleaner. Um, another thing I thought about was like Rach was talking about when you get, I think about hamburger. When I buy hamburger in, sometimes in four or five pounds. I'll separate it out, and sometimes I will just cook it all, separate, let it, let it cool, put it in the fridge for a little bit, let it cool, and then I'll go back a little bit later, and I will divvy it up in quart-sized bags, mark the date on the, on the bag, stick it in the freezer. When it comes time for dinner, I have cooked hamburger. All I do is pull it out and defrost it, maybe in the microwave, unless I've put it out earlier in the morning, you know, put it in the fridge early in the morning to defrost. But, and I'll do that with rotisserie chicken too. Go to Sam's or Costco and buy the rotisserie chickens, 
separate or I'll debone them, separate them out in quart size bags, and I have, I usually buy like three chickens at a time. So I'll end up with, what, 10 quart size bags of, of prepared chicken, mm-hmm. pull it out bef- right before dinner, and make my dinner because it's already done. So that's good. I like, I like, I like it. doing that. Saves I like time. It. <laughs> um, so, how kind of making it a little more serious here. We've got some great tips, and we might get back to, to asking you some more of those. Um, how does the gospel specifically impact the way you think about and care for your home? Well, I um, am convicted daily that um, anything good that I have is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm really good about teaching it to preschoolers, like when it's time to say thank you for snacks, who gave us snacks? God gave us snacks. Are they good? Are they bad? But um, everything good that I have is a gift from God. And so um, I think even as the older I get, the more I appreciate that, that I am uh, thankful because I remember exactly who I am and who God is and that he um, has taken such good care of me. And so I don't know. I kind of forgot what your question was. I was just just thinking about that for a second. Sorry. I forgot what the question was. But just that that every good thing that I have is from God. And so um, I am reminded that I need to take care of it. And I have been given it for a reason. And um, how I take care of it glorifies God. Everything I do should be for the glory of God. Amen. And along with that, I think it is a call for us to take our job and do it with as much excellence as we can. Um, and that the verse in Colossians that talks about what when we, when we do our work, we do it for the Lord. And I think if we have that perspective... Um, think that's a good perspective to have because it, it shows us that we are grateful and and we are we are showing how grateful we are by doing our best in our role as homemakers yeah thank you um number 16 we'll drop down here how do you balance both caring for your home and caring for people since obviously we shouldn't neglect either one Well, I don't always do a great job because I like my house to look a certain way, and sometimes <laughs> I sacrifice the people in my family to make that happen. Um, but uh, it is a balance, and especially when my kids were younger, um, they lived in that house too. And so, um, my I, I, my kids, we we go to that we, Sonic that's there by a daycare just up on uh, Langsford, and I remember my kids. Um, longingly wish that they could go to daycare because kids at daycare were having so much fun in the playground every time we go to Sonic. And uh, that, was, that was a little bit of a stab in the heart to me. But I realized that I um, tend to be tight with the fun stuff. Like, I hate Play-Doh, so I, I, can't, I can't sign off on Play-Doh. But painting or water play or all that fun stuff, like, it makes a mess, and so I don't. I didn't want to deal with it, and so um, 
I just I have to remember that I'm not the only one who lives in my house and not everybody cares as much about how clean my house is as I do um, and then I I love to have people over and um, if I'm I'm going to be my mother, and even the upstairs closet has to be vacuumed and organized <laughs> before I can have somebody over. It's not going to happen. So I have to um, open my home and my heart um, without being freaked out that my house isn't perfect. And God wants me to be open these, with the things that he gives me and he has given me a, a place that I can have people to and so I have to hold on to my pride in my home like this actually I shouldn't have pride in my home but I can't be stuck on having things my way if I also want to honor God with them you know it's I, I was thinking, one thing I was thinking was, Rach, when my kids were growing up, I was your mother. <laughs> my kids would have to clean the bathroom upstairs, too. And they are like, but nobody's going upstairs. Well, if they do, the bathroom's going to be clean. <laughs> oh, and thankfully, they have told me, yes, Mom, you have chilled out, which I'm so thankful for. I mean, I still, there's still, I have my moments, believe me, but um, it's better than it used to be. Um, there are some times when the people that we love in our families do get neglected. And I am thinking of one specific instance in my own life. My parents uh, were elderly. They've passed away. They both have passed away. But in 2005, um, my mom had Alzheimer's. In 2005, I talked them into moving up here from St. Louis because otherwise I was driving back and forth and I had kids at home as well. Jonathan, I think, was in college at that time, but, but the other two were still home. And um, so we moved him up here to John Knox. And not too long after that, my mom ended up in the nursing home and my dad was... Um, independent living for a while and then later he went to assisted living after my mom had passed away and there were times when I'd be at home and I'd call to check on my dad or he would call me and I would have to drop what I was doing to go over to be with him or or my mom depending on what the situation was and I sometimes really felt like I was neglecting my own children and my husband because I was taking care of my parents too. And it, it is, it, the, the sandwich generation is what it's called and it's so true and it's so hard. It's so hard because you wanna be the best daughter you can be or son to your elderly parents, but you also wanna be the best mama you can be to your kids who are relying on you. And my husband was and still is a gem when it came to his understanding and his, his just being there for me. Um, but there are times when they got neglected because I was taking, you know, I was, I was trying not to neglect my parents who physically needed me to be there. So it was very difficult. Um, if I had it to do it over again, I'd probably still do it the same way because sometimes you just have to do what you have to do, you know. Um, there'd probably be some things I'd change, but generally speaking, um, 
but I think along with that, I think it's really important to feel free to ask your husband and your children to help. It doesn't have to, everything doesn't have to be on you. In situations like that, I was the one who needed to take care of my parents, but they could handle things at home. And, um, you know, it teaches responsibility to kids, but it also teaches kids that there are people outside their world namely their grandparents in this case, mm-hmm. you know, and they need to, and they're very understanding, very understanding. I'm so grateful for that. But Thank you. So how do you, I know both of you do this well, how do you think about using your home as a place of ministry and what does that look like for your families? We love to have people over to our house. I love to host people. Um, and I have, I have chilled out quite a bit about, um, I loved, I, it, initially I loved to have people over, but I also was stressed out because I wanted everything to be perfect. And I have let go of a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I have learned that if you want your house to look clean, run the vacuum right before everybody comes and it, and it looks really clean. Um, and honestly, I've also learned that uh, if people are coming over to your house and questioning how clean it is, that you don't need to have them back to your house. So, <laughs> um, but I, oh, when my uh, kids were at home, I wanted to be the place where everybody hung out because I wanted to be able to put faces with names. And that meant, again, letting go of some preconceived ideas of what I thought it meant to be a hostess. Um, and, I mean, if you have food at your house, they don't care if it's clean or not. And they don't care what kind of food it is. They just care. I mean, I clean out my deep freeze. And, like, with here's three egg rolls we haven't eaten for six months. We'll cook those up, and they'll be fine. Um, they, don't, they don't really care. But I, um, God wants me to use the things he's given him to serve others. And I like to have people over, and that's a, a gift that he has given and so I've got to do that and not put limits on how I serve God with that because it doesn't fit my mold of what I think being a hostess is supposed to look like. And so um, I want to use the house that God has allowed Rob and I to have to um, host people and host teenagers and have meetings at my house and have student ministry stuff at my house and all sorts of stuff, and so um, I have to be bendable. And so, and sometimes it means having people over when I, I'm not sure I even want to have people over. Like if Rob says, hey, the students want to have a pumpkin party, and we've got a backyard, <laughs> and do you want to have a pumpkin party? And, and I didn't really, but, I, but um, I trust God is sovereign, and God put it in the Rob's head to do that, and so if I trust God as sovereign, then I have to trust that I'm supposed to have a pumpkin party at my house, so then we're going to have a pumpkin party. <laughs> we're grateful for you. Yes, and I can attest, we're in the same growth group with Rob and Rach, and she's the best hostess <laughs> She, it, it, it truly, um, there is such warmth, and I, I, I think to to say that, Brian and I were just talking, you know, we were talking about this today. And I said, you know, the, the greatest compliment as a homemaker 
that I personally feel like one can receive is if someone comes in your home or into my home and says, your home is so warm. That, that just thrills me because that's, to me, that's saying, I feel the love in this home. And that's what I want to hear, you know. That's, that's what I hope to hear. And that's what I hope to be able to, to give to those who come into our home. And, and that's what I mean. When we go to Rachel and Rob's, you'd feel the warmth and you feel the love. And, and it's, it's, well, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, God has given us our homes and we... We need to open them, and, and it's a joy to, to be able to do that. I, I don't know that we've ever had company at home, and they've walked out, and we go, oh, thank God they're gone. You know, I really don't think we've ever. Usually it's, oh, my gosh, wasn't that just the neatest time? And, and, and yeah, it takes time to prepare and you know, sometimes, and other times you just say, come on over. I do remember, I think it was Lindsay's high school graduation party, one of the sweetest sights that I ever saw was all the shoes that were in a pile in our entryway. I mean, it looked like 80 shoes or so. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. And I, th- I just thought, I love this. I absolutely love this because that means they're here. They've kicked their shoes off and they're comfortable. And you can't ask for a whole lot more than that when it comes to the joy of it. Thank you both, ladies. Um, Okay, right now I want to open it up and see what questions you all have. I have a few more that I I can ask as well, but would love to hear from you. I've got one right back here. Is it Carolyn? Mm -hmm. Okay, my question's for you. So my family is doing the sandwich generation thing right now with my in-laws, actually, who live in St. Louis. And so uh, we are kind of the primary ones managing their affairs and anticipate this developing into much more. What was the most helpful thing your husband did during all of that season for you um, to support you that maybe I could do for my husband? He never complained. And he let me go when I needed to go. And he took over things at home with the kids. And my kids were in probably late junior high and in high school, the two, the two that were at home. Um, but he, he just picked up where I left. Um, just to be the biggest support, to pray, to pray for him, because it's hard. It's hard. It's hard on everybody. But it's also hard when you're seeing your parents decline and you can, there's just not much you can do about it, you know, other than support them. So prayer for him is, is utmost. Um, and just letting him go when he needs to go. Yeah. I hope that helps. What else? Anyone else have another? Maggie has a question over here. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> So I'm 16, so obviously I'm not married, I don't have kids, I live in my parents' house, so what are some ways that I can 
I can apply this because, you know, I can't serve my husband because I don't have a husband and I can't train my kids because I don't have kids. So how do I apply this? Well, I would definitely recommend um, listening, not necessarily to us, but just picking up little random tips like Carolyn's little cleaning solution tip or whatever. Someday, I mean, I don't think you're going to live with your parents forever. So, <laughs> so. You hope not and they hope not. <laughs> if not but, by I your mean, choice, by their. But you are surrounded by ladies who know a lot. And so I would keep my eyes open and, and see how they're doing. And when you see a lady that you, um, you like how she's, interacting with her kids or when you've been to her house and you like being at her house seek her out and pick her brain a little bit more I mean that's the glory of the Titus 2 groups I mean you have a wealth of resources around you and just I mean if you're if you're a journaler write it down make keep a notebook keep it keep it like you're kind of like a hope chest mm -hmm. but your hope chest notebook you know and just little mm -hmm. things that you don't want to forget but but mostly I mean there are ladies all around you who would love to pour in you. I mean, we all like you, and so, so. If, but if you see something you like, or if you see a, a, a like I said, a mom and how she's interacting with her kids that you like, just pay attention to her and learn and and hide it away and keep it because you're going to need it someday. And I think Maggie, for when you're at home, look for things that you see that need to be done that you can do. Um, whether it's, oh, the, the, the mom and dad's bathroom needs to be cleaned, and I know mom's been busy. So, you know, when I get home from school, I'm going to clean their bathroom and surprise them. Or um, maybe make dessert one night without your mom even knowing you're doing it. Well, maybe you should let her know because she might make desserts <laughs> new. But then you have two to choose from. I guess that could work too. That's not a problem. <laughs> but just, just, I know when, when I've been gone or even just, you know, gone for the day or whatever, and, or back in the day when all my kids were home, and I would come home, if they'd run the vacuum cleaner, you ran the vacuum cleaner. You know how wonderful that feels. It's like, I don't have to do that. You guys are awesome. And, you know, moms, it's really good to tell them how awesome they are because that means they'll do more. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But just those things that you know need to be done around the house, throw in a load of laundry, um, whether it's your own or whether it's anybody else's. If there's ironing that needs to be done, if Without a favor people do iron. Yeah. 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 Don't I mean, be thinking I'm going to do this for them <laughs> so that I can ask to go here True. or stay out past True. it. So. Yeah, you do it just out of the kindness of your heart and because you love your mom and dad. Or because you love your, your siblings and doing things for them. Um, but those, those, are, those are big things. And I, I still, when I come home, Jonathan, he, you know Jonathan, he loves a vacuum. He, he was born with a vacuum cleaner in his hand, I swear. But he'll come over sometimes and he'll run the vacuum around the house, the whole house. And I'm like... You were awesome. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to keep you. <laughs> well, no, just until the right woman comes along. <laughs> so anyway, that's just a thought too. Which it's something it was, it was it was a question that we didn't do, but something that you that I wish that I had learned earlier on in my marriage and kind of playing off of that is that I um, 
I had a low bar expectation for my kids on what they could do and what they couldn't do. And for way too long, I did stuff for them. I, well, they can't put away their clothes. I'll put away their clothes. Well, I can't do, I don't, I mean, I, a lot of stuff and our kids are ridiculously capable. And so if I could have changed something I wish I had done differently is I would have way earlier had much higher expectations on what they could do to help around our house. And yeah. Amen. Actually, one, one thing that I think about along that line, I wanted my kids to learn how to clean their bathroom. And so I got on the computer and I wrote out step by step, one, two, three, four, five, you know, all the way down, this next, this next, this next. And I taped it somewhere in their bathroom. So then I had them follow each, you know, each one of them in their own time. They, um, they'd read number one, okay, I do this, you know, number two, I do this. And then I went up and checked when they were finished, you know, mom, I'm all done. And so we, you know, if I wasn't, I wasn't hard on them, but if there was something that they missed or something that I saw that really could be done better, because I wanted them to learn how to do it with excellence, um, then I'd say, well, you need to do this instead, or you missed cleaning this. This is really important, you know, like right behind the toilet on, the, on that little piece right behind the seat. You know how that gets so gross? So, yeah, you know, you need to clean that too. And so, you know, we would just practice that. And, and they, were, they were probably around 10 or so, when maybe even a little bit. I don't know, probably 10 when, they, when we started doing that. But, oh, my, it's so paid off because they all three of them know how to clean bathrooms. <laughs> but I'm with Rach. I did the same thing. I, there were too many times I did things that they could have done. And um, it's, it, even when they're little, they can put their toys away. You know, I don't know how many times I would put toys away. They could do that. So. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, we also want to make sure that you have put all of your lovely questions on your blue sheet. Um, and you can turn those in in the basket, I think, back on the registration table is where the basket is. So you can deposit those there. We appreciate you um, doing that. And if you haven't had a chance to do that, Please do that, like, here in just the next couple minutes while you're chowing down on some yummy dessert that I'm sure is in there waiting for us right now. Um, so we're going to go to the Fellowship Hall and enjoy some dessert together um, after this. And, um, and that's, that's the end of our, of our time. I'm going to close us in prayer, but I uh, just want to let you know we'll, we'll dismiss to the Fellowship Hall and then, um, you know, stay and mingle and, um, and uh, then you can go whenever you need to. So let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this evening and for um, the ladies who put this together. Um, I know a lot of time and energy went into this evening, and I'm just so grateful um, for the encouragement it's been to my heart. And um, I just pray that as um, even things that are, are, are seemingly silly and mundane um, are just so helpful, encouragement and um, just tips and tricks, and, and, but also truth and pointing us to the gospel and, and doing things that um, around our home and for our children and, and daily that are, um, that are glorifying to you, Lord, and, and helping us see that and, and ways to apply um, Proverbs 31 and, and the truth that we see um, 
in that in that passage. Thank you so much for each of our ladies that sat on the panel. I know it took time to think through the questions and um, and your answers, and I'm just so grateful for for each of them. And um, again, I just ask that you would bless this time and and our dessert as we enjoy one another in the next few minutes. And we look forward to um, our next women's event. Um, here in a few months. So thank you so much and and allow us to have um, a blessed weekend. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.